welcome back to uh, another episode of uh, Overcomplicated. My name's uh, Jackson Driscoll. You should not go to your friends for counseling advice. Um, no, I'm not Jackson Driscoll. My name is Cody, as you're likely aware. Uh, Tim's here today. Jackson is not. That's why I made him make an audio appearance. Um, but we do have um, the... Um, I was going to say the married's other halves, but that the also wives. just means our wives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got my wife, Joelle. Say hello. Hello. Thank you. And I'll let you introduce your own wife. I have my wife here, Grace. Say hello. Hello. Uh, so really, they just came to say hello and leave. Uh, no, <laughs> they might have some good insight for us today. Uh, but today we... Are missing Jackson because I think this is, might have actually been his idea. Um, so we can hear his thoughts later. I know that he he could probably do an episode on this. Um, but we're talking about self care being beneficial and practical and not mistaken for selfishness. Um, so that's kind of what we're here today about. Mm-hmm. And Tim, you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically just trying to look at it from a biblical side of things. How do we take care of ourselves, but also not stray into self-centeredness, into stagnant of, I need to just focus on me, because as Christians we're supposed to love everyone around us and be able to focus on helping and encouraging everyone that we meet. So, yeah, making it not what tends to be a very toxic thing of like the self-love but how do we make it actual care for ourselves but still be able to care for others in the same process and this all stems from uh the verses in scriptures that read the teacher which commandment of the law is the greatest um so jesus responds to them and says you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind uh, this is the greatest and first commandment love god above all else and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so I think initially we were saying that's pretty pretty hard to do, in, at least for the second one. Um, mm-hmm. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, then it's impossible to love someone zero. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> there has to be some amount of concern for oneself um, as love but not taking it to a uh, greater than position and neglecting others. Uh, Because ultimately we love ourselves so that we can love others. And I would consider loving yourself as feeding yourself, bathing yourself, making sure that you are a hygienic and healthy person. Yeah. Uh, But healthy stems both from physical and mental. So it's probably a good idea to uh, work out, get your body moving. I mean, the scripture even talks about how gluttony is probably a bad idea. It's called a sin. It's, yeah. Uh, so there are certain things you have to do in order to sustain yourself, um, but not letting it get into a selfish, self-centeredness where you then become God. Mm-hmm. Or the little G God that you worship. That you, yeah. Yeah, because it, you know, we're very quick to go too far both sides of like oh I need to love my neighbor and you you do you are supposed to do that to the point of neglect so that you never take time to like get enough rest to actually 
be healthy mm-hmm. um but also we go the opposite way of staying yeah too focused on ourselves of i need to always take all of this extra time to focus on myself and then not consider those around us is yeah is a very fine line oh yeah um because looking at jesus's life he separated and went you know several multiple times would go off into the wilderness or up onto a mountain or something to take care of time for himself Mm -hmm. but he was also always in those times he wasn't just isolating himself he was always going off to pray Mm -hmm. to spiritually refresh but then also taking those times if people continued to follow him he didn't just be like no this is my time I need to focus on myself right now go away he still he still took the time to care for them even though he wasn't 100% you know the best that he could have been at that point he still took the time to love them and to take care of them but then after doing that Mm -hmm. he did things in a very healthy manner of actually focusing on what is important in his times of isolation not just isolating because for isolation's sake Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that I think is really important is I was listening earlier to that passage in Mark where Jesus sees his disciples have been working all day they've been ministering to the people they haven't had a chance to eat and he says come away with me to a quiet place by yourselves and get some rest so they get in their boat and they're going somewhere else so that he and his disciples can have some time to like rest and recover from all their service. But it also says that the crowds followed him and when they get there, Jesus, rather than being frustrated that he can't get his disciples a place to rest, he has compassion on the people and they stop and they minister. And I believe it's right after that that he feeds the 4,000. Mm-hmm. So he obviously cared for himself and his disciples and made the effort to go away, but he did not allow their desire for us to supersede ministering to other people who needed it more. Mm-hmm. Or um, that he didn't let it supersede feeding them either. Right, but he also cared for those people, exactly. So, a, so it was the combination of him still caring for people, but not to the exclusion of meeting the needs that he could meet. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. a delicate balance, as you said, that it's so easy for people, especially in our generation, to fall into because we're taught so much, like, care for yourself, make yourself happy. If it's not filling you, then cut it out. And we forget that we're not called to fill ourselves. We're called to fill others and trust that God's going to fill us. And he has ways of doing that, and some of those ways involve wisdom in letting your body rest and do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. But it also, if we're searching for our recovery, fulfillment, and satisfaction in ourselves, it will be ultimately futile because... If we can't do that ourselves. If we're the problem, we can't also be the solution. Exactly. Yeah. So I was rereading some today and talking to Tim about the book You Are Not Enough and That's Okay by Allie Beth Stuckey, subtitled Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. And that's one of her big points, is that we cannot both be what's wrong with ourselves and the solution to our problems. So if all of your problems you think come from not loving yourself enough, you're not going to be able to fix them just by loving yourself harder because mm-hmm. you're still the root problem. So, going back to the verse you mentioned at the beginning about loving your neighbor, she has this quote that I enjoyed. 
It says, waiting to love yourself before you love other people will only lead you down a path of selfishness that leads to a dead end of loneliness and misery. It is God's ever-replenishing love that gives us all we need to care for those around us, 1 John 4:19. While the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy in the name of self-love, Jesus came that we may have abundant life through him, John 10:10. 10, 10. His way leads to joy, to peace, to wisdom, to comfort, to steadiness, to purpose. To all the things you've been told to look for in yourself, but haven't been able to find. You're not enough. You've never been enough. You never will be enough. And that's okay. So her whole premise is that all the things we have been taught to find in ourselves, we can't because they can only come from God, who is perfect and loving and made us. He's the reason we can do what we can do. And that if we're looking for all of our satisfaction in ourselves, we won't be able to find it because we can't. And even with self-care, if we only care for ourselves or only try to recover without our own power and abilities, we're not going to be able to get that true restoration and rest to keep serving that we need. Mm-hmm. Because an empty cup can't fill another and it can't fill itself either. So if we're just trying to stop serving other people to fill ourselves back up, we're still not You're going to not be able to You're not the one filling up. yourself up anyways. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think there's a very important distinction between the quote-unquote self-care that's not actually self-care, that's the toxic one we're talking about, and legitimate caring, like physical caring for oneself. Because um, I, I think that it's important, again, I think I'm discussing on here, the fact that I deal with depression anxiety oh, i don't know yeah. if i have or not but yeah. uh so that's spoiler news. alert all of us <laughs> deal with depression and anxiety if you so, haven't heard that part yet uh yeah so depression anxiety something very close to home um and it's a reality for a lot of people um and sometimes it's a reality that gets brushed under the rug more often than not mm-hmm. because it's something that people are afraid to talk about uh but hello um i suffer with suppression depression anxiety um, and i take 20 milligrams of telepram to combat that daily um so if you need medication get it but that's another episode another topic um but i was connecting somewhere with that oh there are days that i believe people uh so let's say you take a day off at work or something for a day of actual like as a mental health day to prevent burnout to prevent um if you're having a depressive episode i think that is valid but you cannot take a mental health day every single day mm-hmm. because work is hard. But, yeah. That was something that was promised to us out of Genesis is yeah. that we would struggle with work. Yeah. So struggling with work or whatever you're doing, school um, or parenting, parenting is hard. Um, simplifying that by taking away, sorry, simplifying the action of work or parenting or school by taking it away does not simplify it. It just removes it. Yeah. And that doesn't stop it. Mm-hmm. I hold my hand up to remind myself that I have a thought. Sorry. <laughs> One thing that is helpful in my mind is to differentiate between self-care and soul care. For mm-hmm. me, self-care is when it's all about you and it's selfish because you just focused on what's best for me, what makes me feel good. Whereas soul care is the actual restorative, restful, like, what does my soul need to be able to function at its best and to love others well? Mm-hmm. And soul care also has to come from outside. It has to come from God and his word and those kinds of restorative things that we can't just do by ourselves. Um, 
But along with what you were saying about work and toil is one thing that I like to remember or is helpful for me to remember is that work was not the curse. Work was the original design in the garden. It's toil mm-hmm. is the curse. Yep. So we were always designed to work. And I think if we remember that work was one of the gifts and blessings we were given before the fall, toil is not. <laughs> and toil is often the part that we hate rather than the work itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that work itself is not a curse. And I think it's mm-hmm. easy to think that it is because it is hard. But, again, that's the toil involved and not the work itself. Like, yeah. striving and working and reaching to accomplish and to do things mm-hmm. is part of what we're designed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's more reflected in our human nature. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how broken we are, people have a desire to work until taught otherwise. Yeah. That's at least what I would present. Well, yeah, yeah. like, even little kids, they yeah. want to help, like... Even Cora the other day was helping with the dishes, and she's like one years old. And it's like okay. one and a half, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and even if we stop and often if we stop and think, like not redefine work, but we all have things that once we get done with our day job that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of times those are things that are physically doing something. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of days where you come and it's like, okay, I just want to sit on the couch. But that's also because of all of the work you've done up to that point. But oh, the physical the physical, work. Yeah, yeah, the physical labor that you've already done. But at the end of the day, that's not the things that you actually want to do. <laughs> yeah. Your entire existence of life isn't, man, I would love to just sit on the couch and do nothing forever. You might think that after a hard day of work, but there's always the things that you, the hobbies that you want to do, and those are still work. We all remember how lockdown went. People <laughs> yeah. weren't like, oh my gosh, we're going to stay home all day, every yeah. day for months. This is amazing. Like, no, everyone was sick of it and wanted to go out and do things. Yeah. Do things. And if yeah. you, if you, again, I'm going to harp on the depression thing again. If you do every day wake up and say, man, I just want to lay in bed all day or sit on the couch and do nothing and your hobbies and all your interests seem uninteresting and you don't want to do them, talk to a doctor. That's that is the physical definition of depression. Yeah, that and is not a, that is a medical diagnosis that you should probably get yeah, your checked bo- out in hormonally or meant like whatever that is a deficiency in yeah. something, and it's your desire. And I think that's something that that doing whatever your job is is work, but also acknowledging. That the hobbies that you want to do are also are work. also work. They're just a different like that's therapeutic work. Yeah, a lot of times. So it's like, how can you not focus on? I think also a lot of it is in our daily work. We focus on all of the negatives. And by daily work, you mean like your job, like your job, okay. like I do carpentry and general construction remodeling. We do almost everything under the sun in con- like if concrete. It's, if it's a part of a house. If it's a part it. of a house, we we do it. Um, so there are definitely parts of that that are 
terrible to do, like crawling around in crawl spaces, doing concrete work sucks, but also there's all of the other parts that of the same work that are very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like framing up a house, just laying studs and putting stuff together and you see, you know, walls going up, roof going up, and it's like the satisfaction behind that. So it's the trying to change, this is all just like work, but also seeing the satisfaction, having the satisfaction Mm -hmm. and seeing the progress. And obviously not everyone's work is going to be the same as mine. Like you're not going to literally see a house materializing in front of you. Yeah. But it's in every job, what, what is the house materializing in front of you Mm -hmm. look like? Is it... My wife, Grace, does dyslexia tutoring. Um, So seeing a child succeed on their next, get much higher marks on their next uh, assessment test. It's like, oh, they got out of book one and they are now into book two and they made good strides in understanding. They can now a word with four letters instead of just a word with three letters. Yeah, so it's like what, you know, that's a positive and that's seeing growth mm-hmm. do the sometimes the days <laughs> in between where it's like have they gotten worse yeah are you know <laughs> is that frustrating yes but also being able to see the positives of seeing them make positive strides yep i think, uh, I, think big... it, I think that too is work is meant to give us varying levels of dopamine mm-hmm. at certain points yeah um so i think back to a previous episode i think it was the porn episode um, yeah. where the dangers of porn we were talking about like a microwave culture mm-hmm. is that we want the instant gratification uh, but the reason we want the instant instant gratification is because we have become accustomed to whether it's swiping on our phone scrolling through i mean the videos on any social media have oh. gotten shorter yeah so we get our dopamine hit quicker mm-hmm. and keep scrolling another dopamine another dopamine another, another dopamine yeah and some types of work or jobs give I wouldn't say quite that fast of dopamine because uh, no. I think the ultimate goal at least for me one of my personal goals is to increase the amount of slow dopamine releases mm-hmm. that I get yeah. um, so whether it's reading a book an audio listening to an audio book um, I really enjoy gardening but that is definitely <laughs> a yeah. slow that's months in the process progress. Um, yeah. yeah I mean building a house or doing any type of work um, or any type of job, I should say. I want to try to continue to uh, differentiate yeah, mm-hmm. between those. Um, so for you, uh, crawling around in a muddy crawl space, I would say is it's very, very, very slow, if any, dopamine involved. Yeah, I don't think you get any dirt. <laughs> Except for, like, that. leaving. Yeah. Sunshine. <laughs> um, sunshine. Yeah. Yes. Um, whereas, like, putting up a house. I would say that is... Or putting up the studs and framing a house. I think that is probably about as close you're going to get to instant dopamine. Probably, yeah. Um, because, I mean, yeah. you just nail up a couple boards and done. Yeah. Give or well, take. Give or take, yeah. Um, whereas Grace, she's... Let's see. I mean, working with kids is hard. So if you're a teacher, you are in it for the long dopamine, <laughs> multiple years. I mean, you don't see these kids for 20 years, and all of a sudden, hey, I remember you. You taught me how to read. 
great. I'm glad that you're successful because I taught you how to read. Uh, but also, I mean, dealing with kids every day. I know your I know your students say absurd things. Mm-hmm. And it's an adventure every day. What's going to come out of their mouth? So having like, first to seventh grade, it's a wide range. I didn't realize you went to seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year, I had an eighth grader last year. Oh yeah, you never know. Yeah. Uh, so I think that being mindful of the dopamine longevity, I guess, between the action and the dopamine, mm-hmm. um, is important to consider when you're thinking about self self-care self-love um at any level um and before we get too close to the end i want to get back to the terms of Mm self-care self-love and uh what was the other one you used earlier i said soul care soul care or even self-sacrifice okay so i want to talk about those and give more definitive definitions so that we don't just use them all interchangeably um And kind of give a range. So, and we can, we're in charge of this, so we can make up the rules. <laughs> exactly. um, so I want to start with the one that is the most damaging to you as an individual. Self-love. Self-love by far. Yeah. It's the most easily toxicified, I believe. Yes. And then, so self-love, we are defining as a toxic, introspective search for self-fulfillingness. Doing everything to live your best life. You do you. Anything that can make you happy should be done, no matter what it costs other people, because if they're infringing on your happiness, then they're the enemy. And I also want to point out that self-love, at least I would say, you have full rights to disagree with me, self-love is different from loving yourself. I would agree. Mm -hmm. Self-love is selfishness. Loving yourself is a healthy understanding of who God has created you to be. Yes. Would be my and I think self-love, uh, again, this far, far end of the spectrum here, is, I think, I was going to say something. I think it's something. Uh, self-love is... An idol. Uh, yeah. Self-worship. It's something else. Uh-huh. Keep going. Maybe. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what I was going to say. <laughs> self-love is is the extreme form of self-care narcissism oh so i found this one (laughs) quick little thing trendy narcissism i don't know if it's the true like it's not the definition but it's a thing it says self-love um self-love's meaning means having a high regard for your own well-being and happiness self-love means taking care of one's own needs and not sacrificing your well-being to please others so that is a high regard for yourself, which I think is the, and the not sacrificing your own well-being for others. If you're never sacrificing yourself for others, then it is purely self-centered yep. and becoming narcissistic yep. because you are all important. You are your own God in that case. <clears throat> Beholden to yes. no one else. Yeah. I remember what I was going to say. Self-love makes God's grace cheap. Hmm. Because if you have no reason for God's grace, why would you accept it? If you're enough and you're perfect just the way you are, you don't need a savior. Yep, bingo. Okay, so 
self-love. Uh, we started there. That is the bottom rung. Bad news bears. Yes. Next rung. What would you kind of classify that? And it might not even have to be rungs. We could just be defining things. Well, <clears throat> I would think in the spectrum of self-love, self-care, soul-care. Self-care would be next, mm-hmm. which I think would be trying to meet your own needs, not to the exclusion of all else, but like a definitive separation from other people and other things to try to rest and recover, mm-hmm. um, particularly in times of burnout mm-hmm. or yeah. stagnation and things. The um, self-care definition, the practice of taking action to, pre- to preserve or improve one's own health. The practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. So I think that's a key part, is that it's protecting Mm -hmm. your well-being. Whereas I would think of soul care as being restorative, Mm -hmm. like refilling through God's grace and his strength Mm -hmm. so that we can keep serving. Self-care is a shut-off to give you time to like rebuild yourself yeah. mm-hmm. kind of thing it's where like, it's not inherently wrong but it's inherently limited because mm-hmm. we cannot do it all yeah because if we're the one falling apart we can't put ourselves back together yeah, yeah. and it's it can become very quick to make us the center of everything mm-hmm. it can if tr- we if we focus on it too hard then we're focusing on ourselves too hard and then we become selfish and narcissistic. Yeah. And I think that self-care, being in the middle between self-love and soul care, mm-hmm. I think it has a tendency, especially for Christians, because they have, a, I would say Christians have more concern, or even not even Christians, but religious people have mm-hmm. more concern for their soul yeah. as, as compared to non-practicing theists or atheists or agnostics. Um, but... So self-care, I think, among religious people, can tend to go either way. It can swing either way as leaning more negative towards self-love and leaning towards positive soul-care. Not to say that self-care in and of itself... Sorry, that was weird. Not to say that self-care independently is not a good thing, but it could go either way. Uh, so if you, if you just I don't know, uh, crawl into our house for a day, it might not be a bad idea to get a bit of rest. Um, Go whereas, home, take a hot shower or something <laughs> you enjoy. And just yeah, like, pamper yourself a little bit. Yeah. When it becomes pampering yourself because oh I deserve to have whatever it's I want a, all the time, yeah. then that becomes an issue. Yeah. Now if you want to take a bubble bath, that's up to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you want to take a bubble bath every day, that's how you decide to. That's fine. Don't neglect um, your responsibilities. In Don't, order to yeah. pamper yourself. Yes, I, I think that is, that's probably the best concise definition we've come to of self-love, is not to pamper yourself in neglect for your responsibilities. Mm. And then last but not least, uh, is soul care. So what is the definition that we're going with with soul care? In my mind, when I think soul care, I think of when Jesus went off by a quiet place, mm-hmm. by himself or with his disciples to rest to pray and to ask God to like strengthen him like he didn't just go to whine about how hard it is he didn't let bitterness get up because I think bitterness and ungratitude is a big root for a lot of the self-care and self-love is we allow ourselves to feel like entitled or victimized so we grow bitter and therefore more harshly protective of what makes me happy 
So I feel like bitterness is a root that can push us from soul care to self-care to self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Jesus went off to pray and to be spiritually restored and strengthened by God, whose power and his strength doesn't run out and his mercies are new every morning. Because Jesus, even fully God and fully man, still took time to go off and pray and rest. But again, never at the exclusion of his responsibilities here. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, like he went to go rest and take care of his disciples, but when the people were there, he had compassion and healed them and spoke to them and fed them. So I think soul care, for me, again, is looking for the restoration that comes from God and spiritual strength, not just what can I do to make myself feel better, mm-hmm. but like what can actually restore me and encourage me. Sometimes it's talking to other people, like your fellow Christians who can encourage you and build you up, but not necessarily like a hype session, like, oh, I'm so terrible. Give me words of affirmation so I feel better about myself. But like, I go into church on Sundays, like that can restore you. Or Bible studies where you just Mm -hmm. sit and talk about important things and you pray for one another and encourage one another. Um, I think soul care too is, reminds you of the reality as reality. because self-care can can lead us away from reality so that we're a bit more comforted and self-love makes us our own universe mm-hmm. um, so soul care reminds us of of what reality is is that yes things are difficult but things don't perpetually last yeah and I think one big thing for at least for <coughs> us as Christians and with soul care the way to take care of your soul is to rest in God and put yourself in God's word. Mm -hmm. So I guess in my mind, looking at these three, the transition of self-love, self-care, soul care is the transition from self-love is me-centered, soul care is Mm God-centered. So it's the progression between those is looking away from me and looking to God because soul care is almost exclusively focused on God. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not actually us being like, okay, where is to make me feel better? It's focusing on God and how can God make me or how what does God's word say? And that makes you better Mm -hmm. so it's the transitioning away from yourself and towards god of soul care isn't anything about us it's all about god Mm -hmm. and in retrospect and then affects us yeah 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 and one thing i was thinking about when we were talking earlier about work and why we work and like the good that comes from that is And, like, the nature of self-sacrifice or taking the time to care for yourself so that you can keep doing things is, in all those situations, keeping the focus on what is glorifying to God. Because your body is a temple, not Mm -hmm. for you to worship your body, but so that you may worship God through it. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, if you're not taking care of yourself, like, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping, you're not keeping yourself... Like, you don't have to be a shredded CrossFit champion or anything by any means. If that was the case, then oops. But, <laughs> but like, the natural things that keep you healthy and yeah. where you can serve better, mm-hmm. um, that glorifies God. Serving others glorifies God. 
if you're serving others and you're so run down that you can't do anything, you're useless to everybody, you don't take any time to rest, you're getting exhausted and bitter and irritable just trying to serve the best because that's what you're supposed to do, um, that's not glorifying God. So nope. I feel like yeah. when we're resting and recovering, is it because we are tired and we want to feel better? Well, because we're trying to take care of the bodies God has given us so that we can better glorify Him in it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like our intentions, again, your actions have consequences regardless of your intentions behind them, mm-hmm. obviously. But when it comes to things like soul care and self-care and all that, why we're doing it and our end goal in it matters a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think we're close to wrapping up. Uh, and I know one big thing for our generation is okay great we can talk about methods and uh, methodologies as much as we want so what Um, so I want to wrap up with talking about our own experiences Um, because we're not perfect we all participate in all three of these self-love self-care and soul care Um, so maybe we should start with self-love like how have you seen that in your own life whether it's in current times or in the past um and then we'll kind of go through like what does that look like mm-hmm. and how do you avoid it self-care we'll talk about what are some ways that we practice that and then maybe ways that we want to get better at practicing it and then soul care um how do we practice that too so kicking off with self-love how are we how have you been a selfish awful person <laughs> uh not no uh how have you how have you seen that play out in your own life? Uh, I feel like for me, when I'm at my most self-love, selfishness, it usually manifests in bitterness. Like, I get tired, and it's like, man, why do I have to work so much harder than everyone else? Why is blah, blah, blah? I do all this stuff. No one's doing anything for me. Therefore, I'm going to treat myself. Like, it doesn't always have to be like buying things, but it's like, I'm just going to not do this responsibility why should I have to do everything all the time, blah, blah, blah. And then, obviously, that doesn't end well because responsibilities still need to happen. But, like, you at work, at home, things like that, when I get wrapped up in myself and what's fair or not fair, with air quotes around it for those who can't see me, which is everyone but Tim Cody, um, I find bitterness is usually the root of that for me. Like, I get bitter about whatever's going on in my life. And so then it's like, well, I have to stick up and not do the things I don't want to do and treat myself to just rest and relax and do nothing as much as I want to do nothing because mm-hmm. I deserve it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I'm not saying that just to get out of saying things, but uh, I think that for me it definitely appears in or manifests in what word did you use? Bitterness? Yeah. I thought of another word when you said that. My Does mind has again? not worked with words today. Um, I can't. I can't think, think of a word that I. I've lost my words. Yeah, I get cranky basically. You get. Yeah. I mean that that's, grumpy. that's not even grumpy. I just irritable. Yeah. Of everything. Of everything. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, why? Why is that crumb on the floor? It's like, well, you just <laughs> you just wipe the floor. What do you mean? Why is it on the floor? You just. Uh, absurd yeah. things. Um, yeah. I, and I, I become very nitpicky, mm-hmm. whether it's in my own doings or others, mm-hmm. um, which is probably really dangerous if I let it maintain that way. Mm-hmm. And then with every episode, I think we realize like, oh no, 
that was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the afternoon, you're, I was, like, I'm grumpy on morning, and all of a sudden, just like, no, like, this is not, yeah. <laughs> it's not about you. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and then, typically, involves an apology. Yeah. Or a couple, depending yeah. on how cranky I was. Um, mm-hmm. but that's basically how it is for me. Yeah. That's uh, one thing I didn't say, yeah. is that every time I am them indulging in my bitterness, it never makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally just stays bad. Yeah. That's the problem with bitterness and the self-love is it never actually fixes the problems, as <laughs> yeah. we talked about before. You the just wallow in it. your own pity. Basically, yeah. 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 I was gonna, for, yeah, for me, a lot of times what that looks like is also you get nit, nitpicky, but, like, specifically with, as a perfectionist, and I am perfectionist, it very, like... I always try, <clears throat> I can have some harsh standards, but I always try to hold myself, if it ever seems like I have a really harsh standard on somebody, I'm always, in general, having a much harsher standard on myself. But I get too nitpicky, and I start s- swapping, the, like, mm-hmm. of like, this is such a simple thing. Just do it right. <laughs> Why aren't you doing it right? And a lot of times I don't even say anything because I generally don't say a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm usually a quieter person. So it's all internal. Mm-hmm. But it's very much of just like, this is such a simple thing that you're doing. Why are you doing it so poorly? It's not that hard to be perfect. Come on. Yep. And, um, and, but that, like, and so that's very much how I, I can become in those instances. And then it's like, you stop and it's like, why did I expect them to do anything perfectly? Because <laughs> most of the time it's their first time doing it. And I yep. just told you how to do this thing. Yep. And it's like, and you're not immediately doing it up to my standards. Yep. Like, what is wrong with you? And regardless of how much of a perfectionist you are, the odds of you doing everything perfectly are zero. Are zero. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, exactly. hate to burst your bubble. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But no. Bursting bubbles is good, especially when it's in regards to self-love. So, yeah. Sorry. For sure. Not really sorry. Yeah. Alright, so self-care. How do you practice it? And we're starting at the top. Grace, it's your turn. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> <coughs> I know. I feel like self-care for me will be like if I come home after a busy day and it's like, oh, I have dishes I need to do. But I'm just going to sit here on the couch for a few minutes and, like, decompress after a busy day. And, unfortunately, sometimes I sit too long and then I run (laughs) out of time and then I'm trying to cook dinner and there's all these dirty dishes and I just am frustrating myself at that point. Um, Or, like, little things. It's like, you know what? I want to splurge. I'm going to stop at the store and get something I want to eat. And it's like, did I need to do that? No. Did Mm. feel good in the moment? Yes. (laughs) Um... Or again, it can be the balance of like, yes, you should take time and rest a little bit if you're feeling flustered, but if you rest too much, then you're stressing yourself out later. Or if you stop and buy yourself a snack too much, you spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the one that I'm struggling to find balance in yeah. most often because I am a doer, so sometimes I have a hard time making myself sit and rest, mm-hmm. but then I'll just be like, I'm so angry, I have all this stuff to do, and I have no time to rest. And it's like, well, it's because you sat down for 30 seconds and remembered something you needed to do and just decided to do it instantly. <laughs> taking those five minutes. 
Um, so I feel like I fluster myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or I'll be like, oh, I'm so tired, I'll just sit for a while. And then it's like, oh, it's the next day, and I still never did that one task I was getting ready to do when I sat down. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that one I'm still trying to figure out. Yep. Yeah. I think, uh, so for those of you that don't know, I'm back in school again, because why not? <laughs> um, and I think it's the first time that I've actually considered self-care as part of like my schoolingness. So not mm-hmm. saying school is my self-care. Um, I do think reading and learning is part of self-care for me because I, I really enjoy it. Um, hopefully I don't neglect too much while doing it, but that's a thought for another day. <laughs> but the, the idea of like, I'm in the middle of like writing something. It's just like, you know, I've been working on this for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to take a break and actually getting to apply that to other parts of my life mm-hmm. of, you know, I've been doing this one thing and it's just been very difficult for a long time. You know, I'm not going to do that today. Not in saying that I'm just neglecting that responsibility altogether, mm-hmm. but if I have like a timeline from the next three months and I've been working super, super hard on it, like it's okay to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think breaks are also times where A, your physical body rests, B, your mental um, state rest, mm-hmm. but you also typically have good ideas when you're not overextending mm-hmm. your mental state. So if you're at whether it's writer's block or just trying to figure out how all these different pieces play together and mm-hmm. putting together a, a logistics plan or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. taking a step back, whether it's a couple seconds, couple minutes couple hours or a day or two or more depending on the longevity of the project I think is allowable and important yeah what about you Tim self-care tell us about it (laughs) well something that that I've struggled with a lot especially recently because I've been very burnt out of work just perpetually exhausted all of that so like trying to find a balance of like what is actually healthy and what is just me becoming like complacent and becoming uh i lost the word um anyways <laughs> i'm sorry but, you. <laughs> it's, it's slowly working its way around the circle um but yeah just being like what is actually caring for myself getting enough sleep but also making sure you know you're getting exercise and eating and and still doing responsibilities, but where is, you know, where do you find that line? Because, the you know, if you're taking a day off work every single week just because, oh, I really need time to rest, what are you doing when you're not at work all the, like, mm-hmm. all of those days? Because there are definitely hard days and there is, you know, it's like, I work, you know, eight hours a day depending if I'm traveling, you know, if I have to drive to a job site it's like you know depending where it is Mm -hmm. i'm at work and or traveling to and from work for you know anywhere from eight to ten hours out of the day and it's like what are you doing for the other you know 12 14 hours in the day Mm -hmm. every day what are you doing in those times so it's like are you stressing are you burning yourself out outside of work of like a normal like Mm -hmm. day job whatever your job is or 
are you taking a you know a little bit of that time after work to decompress yep. sit there on the couch for five minutes and decompress or are you just filling every second of every day with doom scrolling <laughs> yeah with nothing yeah. and then you're perpetually exhausted and you use work as the i am exhausted yeah and it's definitely an exhaust you know work in general tends to be tiring mm. So it's like trying to find that balance of what is actually, what is the amount of tired that I am from work and what is the amount of me just being terrible at time management <laughs> outside of work. Yeah. Like, you know, so that's something I've been struggling with and I yeah. don't really have a whole lot of answers at this present moment. But something else something I've realized that I've become more gracious to myself about is having the liberty to actually rest. Hmm. Because we've all seen the Instagram gurus of like, you go to bed at midnight, you wake up at 1 a.m. It's just like, okay, that's not feasible. That's not, yeah. I mean, maybe practical for one day if you need to get some, so, you have a flight to catch. Or, yeah. But, no. You can't, you <laughs> that's can't not survive off of power naps. No. there uh, There's like a microscopic percentage where of the population that only needs... Two hours of sleep a day. Yeah. If you are that, based on insomniac or whatever <laughs> condition you have, then so be it. <laughs> but but yeah. that is not the standard of that's not society. Yeah. Uh, okay, so lastly, soul care. Uh, considering the fact we just came from church um, to record this, uh, I would suggest that, or I would <laughs> like to assume um, that each of us would say that church is probably part of that soul care package. That's, what I was say, sure. is that's yeah. part of it for me. It's not just like Sunday church go routine and everything, but just spending time with, if you're a Christian, other believers who can encourage you in what work is all about. Like, it's easy to surround yourself because this was a thing in college a lot. Is that bitterness? Like, it expands people around yeah. you. Even when they're, you know, encouraging you about how you're perfect and everything's fine and you don't need to change, it's encouraging you or like, oh yeah, you're totally justified in being bitter and angry and upset and you should take care of you and I'm going to take care of me. Like, it's easy to get affirmed in toxic self-love by people who do not share, or even people who are believers and struggle with that themselves Mm -hmm. because... It's trendy narcissism, as Ali Stuckey says in her book that I was talking about earlier, is it's very easy and popular, and it sounds so good and so right. And so it's important to surround ourselves with people who know God's word and know his commands mm-hmm. and can speak that into your life. You can surround yourself with that and are filling from someone else's cup. Like, you're not trying to fill yourself up when you're already empty, because, spoiler alert, if you're already <laughs> empty, you can't fill anything up. Um, but... Allowing God's word to like surround you, like Tim was saying earlier, like reteaching yourself like God's promises. Like God says he's going to provide for my needs, therefore I don't have to like kill myself trying to meet all of my needs and everything. Or God's called me to serve, so I'm going to serve. God can, like I said, take care of me when I need it, and I'm just going to be faithful with what he's given me. Things like that. So, like, mm-hmm. preaching God's promises to yourself, getting in the Word, spending time in prayer, because that was, like, the main thing Jesus did when he went off by himself to rest. Um, but I think Christian community is a big part of that for soul care for me. Because, obviously, you can do it in your quiet times by yourself with God, reading your Bible. Obviously, that's very good and restorative. Because, again, it's something outside that you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think Christian community is a big part of that. Like yep. yesterday, we hung out, a bunch of us friends together. It's not like we were having a Bible study or anything, but just being around other people who share your values and things mm-hmm. that are important to you, it's it really does restore your soul. Like there are people in my life that I know anytime I'm around them, I just feel better after I've been near them, regardless of what we're doing. Yep. It's like they're very presence and like you can feel God in them and it's just like oh my spirits are lifted Mm -hmm. just by being in the general area so yeah I would say Christian community is a big one and then obviously prayer scripture reading I've been listening to the Bible a lot lately um Annie F. Downs is doing a let's read the gospels podcast where it's like she reads three chapters of the gospels every day and prays and it's done 15 20 minute podcast I listen to that every day on my drive to work, and it's a great way to start the day and just get thinking about the Word and what Jesus did. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think it's really interesting, too. You're talking about soul care has to have an external source to be refilled. Um, And I think about everything we're going to say, unless Tim throws us for an absolute curveball, (laughs) uh, which is possible. (laughs) Um, Everything is someone else doing the talking or writing so like mm-hmm. whether you're reading whether you're listening to a podcast an audiobook listening to scripture reading scripture praying um all of those involve an external source of being whether human or god that is doing the input into you so for me um, i'm a big fan of podcasts big fan of audiobooks and big fan of normal books mm-hmm. so i like to read uh, again also with my classes I'm being forced to read some hard theology, not hard theology, but answering hard questions about theology. Uh, One of my classes is uh, titled Why God Allows Evil, and that is a hard topic uh, for any and everyone, Christian or not. Um, why, why Why do terrible, awful things exist in the presence of a holy God? Again, that is another episode for another day, too. Uh, but reading um, theological books, um, in addition to Scripture, the Bible, but not equating theology books as canon. I think that's an important caveat. So, uh, Tim, what you got for us to um, cap it off? I'm going to cap it off. So, I agree with a lot of what you guys said. Um, so, I'm just going to cap it off with some verses that I just found Um, because I couldn't remember I'm very bad at remembering where in the Bible what books all oh yeah no I know they Uh, exist (laughs) I just can't remember where (laughs) yeah it's like you know um, but I'm gonna just I'm slow I'm I typed in the general phrase and a whole bunch of verses came up (laughs) so I'm gonna try and kind of sort through some of these um, but Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, Luke 9.23, and he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So the general theme was dying to self because... So much in the Bible, especially like what Jesus says so many times, is die to yourself. Is you're you're not living for you; you're living for Christ, and through living th- for Christ, He 
makes you perfect and he is the one who gives you life and that is yeah just all of that uh, i'm trying to uh philippians 121 for to me to live is christ and to die is gain um colossians 3 3 for you have died and your life is hidden with christ in god um yeah so general theme is just don't focus on yourself focus on god because that's the whole point <laughs> like the more we make it about ourselves the less god exists in our lives mm -hmm. by our own doing and even loving your neighbor as yourself. We yeah. don't possess enough love for either ourselves or our neighbors to do what we've been called to do. It has to be based in God's love for us and God's love for our neighbor working through us. Because you're not going to love anyone all the time. You're not going to love yourself all the time. You're not going to love your neighbor all the time in any type of love. Yep. Whether it's positive feelings or positive actions. It all has to be rooted in God's value on each human soul which yep. is immeasurable and unchanging um, and if we're yeah. not able to so God is love mm -hmm. so we are not able to create love within ourselves because we are not capable of creating God so we are only capable of extending love to others which by then is extending God mm -hmm. and his grace to them yes so uh, that wraps up another episode um, on Overcomplicated uh, thanks for joining us and maybe next time Jackson will be here or Joel, who had to leave to take or care Joelle. of a crying yeah. baby immediately after getting introduced. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. if you're still here, uh, wondering why she's not, um, our child. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, folks, and we'll catch you next time.